All right. So today uh, we have the privilege of having Mary, our assistant pastor, bring the word today. So would you welcome her to the stage? Good morning, Faith Chapel. How are you guys today? You look fabulous, all of you. Sure. Hey, one last thing I did not say is there's going to be cake out in the atrium to celebrate with Eric and Grace and the kids, the dedication this morning. So please join with them. All right, so service is done. There's cake in... No, I'm just joking. (laughs) It's cake, guys. Who loves cake? I know. I mean... It's pretty awesome. I'm so blessed to be able to share with you today. Thank you, Pastor Jim, Pastor Kelly, for the opportunity to just be here and be part of the, the team, the leadership team of this church and staff. Um, and it's just, it's really an honor. I, I love you guys. It's been an opportunity. It's, it's just been an, an amazing opportunity to be part of all of this, the whole journey in the last few years. And I am uh, really blessed to be here. So thank you for that. Um, as we get started, I just, I have something I want to read to you. Um, just bear with me, you know, and just kind of really listen to the generosity here, okay? So several men were in the locker room of a gym when a cell phone on a bench rang and a man put it on the speaker and begins to talk. Everyone else in the room stopped to listen. The man says, hello. And there's a woman on the other line. She goes, hi, honey, it's me. Are you at the club? He goes, yes. I'm at the shops now and found this beautiful leather coat. It's only $2,000. Is it okay if I buy it? And the man says, sure. Go ahead if you like it that much. I also stopped by the Lexus dealership and saw the new models. I saw one I really liked. How much? 90000 Okay, but for that price, I want it with all the options. The woman goes, great. Oh, and one more thing. I was just talking to Janie and found out that the house I wanted last year is back on the market. They're asking 980000 for it. The man says, well... Then go ahead and make an offer of nine hundred thousand. They'll probably take it. If not, we can go the extra eighty thousand if it's what you really want. The woman says, "Okay, I'll see you later. I love you so much. Bye. I love you too." The man hangs up the phone. The other men in the locker room were staring at him in astonishment, while mouths wide open. And he turned and asked, "Anyone know whose phone this is?" <laughs> I'm sorry, it's been a while, so I just had to, <laughs> I had to give you one. <laughs> God loved that joke, too. I know it. <laughs> All right, so what I really want to talk to you today about is, yes, generosity, but generosity of God, like us giving God to other people. So I want to share another story. This one's actually legit. And first thing I want to do is I... I actually, I, I wore these Wonder Women shoes today. Wonder Woman. Right? Aren't they fabulous? Now, granted, they don't actually go with my outfit. Normally, I would wear my cute little black booties or something. But I had to wear these because these were a gift. Somebody gave these to me, and I'm telling you, like, I, I literally actually started crying when, they, when I opened them because I was so excited. But the people who even gifted these to me, don't, they don't really understand why I love Wonder Woman woman so much. And I actually love superheroes, like love superheroes. And so I just want to share with you a little bit about myself. Um, Deep down inside, even as a kid, I've always wanted to save somebody. 
Always. Like, I love superheroes because they get to save people. And there's always been this deep, like, like, passion of mine to be able to, like, go into, like, these crazy events and be, like, super in those events and save a life. And even to the point, and this is, I, you know, I don't know if I've ever actually shared this with anyone before, so why not share it with a room of 200 plus people first? But um, even to the point where, like, if I'm, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> if I'm in a restaurant with friends or out in a group, like, in, in a setting by myself, I sometimes even wonder, like, if something bad was about to happen, how could I save as many people as possible? And, like, I would picture in my mind, like, being able to save as many people as possible. Now, granted, I'm not trying to hope for bad things to happen. Please hear me. It's just, there's just this strong desire in me to, to help save someone. You know, and I, and I even, even to the extent where I was, I was actually supposed to be in the Marines, um, I was two months out from leaving for basic training, and I actually tore my ankle up falling off a ladder at my job and took me out of the running for the military period. Like, broke my heart because, like, this was a dream. I was like, I finally get to be in a place where my life gets to impact something, someone, somewhere in the world. I get to do something of importance. And then after that happened, I... I was still okay because I, tr- I trusted God. I really trusted God with my life. I, I, like, I've, I've got up and moved so many times because God says, Mary, it's time to go. And I'm like, okay, not a problem. Like I literally, everything I owned could fit in my car and I loved it. I loved the adventure. But in this moment, there was still like this mourning in my soul because this dream that I had that was about to come to life suddenly was no longer. And I was like, God, what do I do now? Like I know that there's still more, but you know, it's like, now I just, I don't even know what to do. Like, this is what I was supposed to do. This is where I was supposed to go. And now what? So I'm just praying with him. And, you know, long story short, there's, you know, many opportunities that came up that actually allowed me to be able to move uh, to an inner city, be part of ministry there. And in that process, God showed me that I still get to be a part of saving lives. The difference is I get to be a part of their eternal salvation, What I dreamed of in the past was a physical salvation. Yeah, I saved them today, but they still might die tomorrow. And if they die tomorrow, where do they go? Do they know? Do they know that there's a God who has hope for them, that has eternal life for them? And so, like, that, that kind of just, like, stoked that fire in me again because God just, he just poured into my, my spirit that, there's, st- uh, there's a desire there for a reason, and it's because he put it there. And if I start partnering with him and what a hero really looks like, then I still get to meet that desire in my heart, but I get to do it with him. So I, I had to wear these because I, I just, you, it's important to know the impact that we have on the world around us. It is, you guys, we, we carry, we carry hope. We carry peace and joy. We carry love, unconditional love. There's so many people in the world who have not ever experienced unconditional love. So I, I, I wanted to share that with you because today I want to talk to you about rising up. I, I, I titled this message, Rise Up, because it's time for the church to rise up, and it's time for us to beam the light of Jesus into our world. 
literally beam it. And it was funny because we were in the prayer room this morning, and Pastor Jim gets this message about being the light of the world in a city on a hill. And I actually have that scripture in this service because God's doing the same thing. The Holy Spirit is moving. He's, he's calling us to become what he already tells us we are. We are the light of the world. Darkness does not get to snuff out the light. It can't. Even if it tried to, it's impossible. Every single one of you is, is the light in a dark place. It's really bright in here right now. You guys, you're really bright right now. Do you catch that? Every one of you is a bright light, a beacon of hope for the world. We need to bring it out there because in here, there's no darkness. In here, there's light. And this is great. I love you guys. I love seeing you. We need to gather together as a church. We need to build each other up. We need encouragement. Yes, we're Christians now, but we still need to know how good God really is. Because yes, you say, God, thank you. I receive you. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you as my savior. I take you in. But then you still need to learn what that really means. We're all on a journey of, of learning who God is, right? Every day we get a little more free. Every day we get a little extra hope for the future. Every day there's more in God. But there's no hope for someone who doesn't know him. We, we need to get this passion inside of us that just pulls us out to the streets, pulls us out to our neighbors, pulls us out to our coworkers, pulls us out to the grocery store. Anywhere you are is an opportunity for ministry. Instead of being focused on getting into ministry, make your life a ministry. Just let it pour out of you and who you are. Let it come out of your very pores like... I, <laughs> For anybody who sweats a lot, you understand this. Like, sometimes you can't help it. Let God be so much in you, but you can't help but leak him out. Like, you just can't help it. Everywhere you go, people are like, dang, like, what's going on? You know, like, shock them with the goodness of God. Because goodness is something that surprises the world today. There's a lot of negativity. Even in friendships, friendship, people need to learn what friendships are. Because even friends today aren't friends. Like, we, we don't know. The world is broken, and we're all broken. And you can't have a healthy relationship if you don't even know what one is. And God teaches that. So I want to share with you one of the reasons, like, why, why do we want? Why do we want to bring this to people? And I want you to read uh, with me Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And it says, God's will for mankind is to prosper, right? He has a future for us, of of, of hope. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God's will for mankind is prosperity and hope. We get to bring that to the world. We get to let them know, yes, sometimes I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, but God. Yes, sometimes it seems like I'm never going to be able to have this relationship with my sister restored, but God. 
Not me personally. I love my sister. We're all good. But there are some people who have broken relationships in their family. And even as a Christian, you can get so focused on what's not happening in your life that you forget about the goodness of God. It doesn't say that everything goes away and stops being bad when you're a Christian, but he does make it easier to deal with. He gives you hope for a future. You know the truth of what really is because God's truth reigns a lot louder than the devil's lies. And when the devil tries to come in and say, your family will never know God, you get to say, that's not true. Because I know God, and I get to be a light in that dark place. Guys, if you aren't ministering to your family, who are you ministering to? If you're not ministering to your children, who are you ministering to? If you can't do it in the home, how are you going to do it out of the home? And I get it. Trust me. There is also the family is the hardest ones to minister to sometimes. I get that completely. But there's still got to be a point where you still shine the glory of God, no matter how much they think they don't want it. Because the truth is, they want it. They just don't know it yet. We want God. The very core of who we were created to be longs to be reunited with our Father. Like, longs to be reunited with our Father. We desire his presence in such measure that we can't even comprehend it. But we don't know that that's what our desire is, so we try to fill it with everything else. And it never works, does it? It, it just never works. So we, we come in, and, and Jesus tells us, you are the light of the world. He's the light of the world. We're the light of the world because we are Christ-like. Right? So if you look at um, John eight twelve. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So in John, he's telling us, I am the light of the world. And then in Matthew, he's telling us, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Everyone. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus shined everywhere he went. And he says, you are the light of the world, too. Go and let others see your light. We need to really, and, and, and please hear me, I'm not, I'm not preaching just to you. The whole time I was working on this message, God wrecked me because I'm like, God, I don't know how passionate I am for the lost and broken. And I want that to change. Because I know how good you are. And if someone didn't share it with me, what I have known And if you grew up in a Christian home, that's amazing. But if someone didn't share it with your parents, would you have known the goodness of God? We need to transition from a church body that comes just to receive 
to a church body that comes to be equipped to go and give. We need to get to a place where we're like, come to church with me because we have what you need. We can't be ashamed of what God has in us anymore. We can't. The world can't afford our shame. The world can't afford our our fear of, of rejection. This is something that is forever. Eternal means forever. In case you didn't know, forever. I I know, this is kind of heavy. You guys doing okay? I know. (laughs) That's why I started with a joke. (laughs) No, but it's forever. When you look at your, the next time someone's bagging your groceries, and you think about their eternity... It's so easy to go from your day-to-day life and miss God opportunities. I'm not saying get a soapbox and stand on a soapbox unless you really feel that that's what God's calling you to. I'm not saying start preaching on the table at work. They pay you to do a job. Do your job. Do it well. Like, if you want to be, if you want to be a beacon of hope or a light in a dark place, be the best employee they have. Be the best employee they have. See, we, we can be the catalyst of heaven to earth. We can be the ones to say, God, here and now. We can be the one to look at someone and change their eternal life. But if they don't know that there's hope for something more, they don't know how to hope for it. You, you can't hope for something you don't know about. You can't, you can't dream of a better future if you don't have hope to dream for that future. This isn't going to change my desire to save lives. It's just going to change the, the, the avenue in which I decide to do it. Because the avenue now is God. The avenue is Christ Jesus. Died on a cross so that we can be reunited with our Father. Marred beyond identity. You couldn't even recognize him. And he didn't do that just for you. He did that for the people that you cross paths with every day. Every day. Every day there's someone that you could change their eternal, day, their eternal life. Every day. And, and please hear me. There are days you're going to get it really well. And then there's days where you're going to be like, well, I kind of screwed that one up. You know, I've been there. I, I had a coworker. We had a, um, what do they do, the worship night at SU sometimes. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's, I, I, was, I had two good uh, friends at work that I kind of associated with. And I was, I was not an undercover Christian by any means. Please, please trust that. I, as a supervisor, I was called into the office more times than I care to uh, acknowledge. But I also didn't care. But I, I wasn't inappropriate. There was just some times where somebody asked a question and I wasn't afraid to answer it. And the other person nearby felt like I had crossed a path as a supervisor that I should not have. I, I'm okay with that. Because if somebody wants to know about God, I'm not going to hold back. If they want to fire me for my job because I told someone about Jesus, God will give me another job. <laughs> he gave me the first one. He will give me the second one. I'm not worried about that. 
But it is, you know, do honor what the job requires. Honor them. I didn't do that. I did that while I was on lunch. I did it. It didn't matter. Like, it, I didn't do it on their time. I did it on my time. But as a supervisor, obviously, there's people take things differently, but it's fine. I didn't care. I wasn't upset. It was frustrating sometimes, but I, I didn't get angry with them because I'm like, well, that's my lunch. I can do what I want. I acknowledged what they said. And I was like, you're right. I can see how perception is everything. And I understand that as we're at work, we're at work. But, uh, and I will do my best to try to honor what you're asking me to do. <laughs> you know, it just, it, it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm okay with that. Are you okay? Are you okay with someone looking at you and saying, this is not the place or time? Or are you scared that someone's going to look at you and say, this is not the place and time? Because if that scared moment is the opportunity to plant a seed, then they have to wait for the next person to say yes to God. So I had these two coworkers, and I was inviting them to this worship night at SU. I can't remember what it's called. Um, worship the King, right? Yeah, Worship the King. And I was really shady about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, and they knew, they know that I'm a Christian. They, I've invited them to church. I've invited, you know, and it was really cool. Like it was good. But for some reason, I would not tell them it was a worship night. I would just tell them there was an event at SU that I wanted them to come with me. (laughs) And I wouldn't tell them what it was. And they kept like asking. I was like, oh, it's just an event. It's really good. I don't know. You want to come check it out? (laughs) I don't know why in that moment I didn't want to say it was a worship night. One of, and, and why I ever thought that they wouldn't know how to just look up SU's calendar and see what's happening. <laughs> like, they knew what was happening. So one of them did come. She also looked it up. But the other one, she didn't come. And she didn't even talk to me about it. But, the other, but my other friend let me know that she, she was like, she was acting really weird about it. And I looked it up, and she's like, why wouldn't she just tell me it was a worship night? It was like, if I had been up front with her, now I'm left to wonder... If I had been upfront with her, would she have come? Was it more the way that I was being shady that turned her off, or was it the fact that it was a worship night and she has no desire to ever attend a church service? You're not always going to get it right. It's okay. But you have to try, because you're never going to get it right if you don't do anything. You're never going to get it right if you don't do anything. Like, it's okay to make a mistake if your heart is positioned in love. Because everything has to be done in love. You're going to make mistakes, and it's okay. It's really okay. But it's better to make a mistake than to do nothing. People can't afford our nothing anymore. It's too high of a cost. It's too high of a cost. How do we become the catalysts for heaven to earth? How do we do that? You have to know what the ministry is. And I'm not talking about your individual ministry. I'm talking about you. You you need to know what is it that God's asking us to do. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 19. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, 
no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We're called to reconcile people back to Christ. To, it, 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 is, it is a love ministry. Reconciliation. Who's ever had a really bad fight with someone? Who's ever had reconciliation in that fight? How good did it feel? Who's had some that lasted? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Brookie. <laughs> Cracking me up. Um, who's had really long-term fights in a family, in a relationship, period? And the moment, like it could have been years, right? Some people fight for years, and they don't even remember why they're fighting. They're just not talking anymore. And that moment that you get to reconcile with each other, your heart, you, you, if you don't cry, I'm surprised. Because your heart literally just, it just leaps in your chest when that happens. We're called to reconcile people back to God. That's the ministry. Whatever that looks like, if you feel like it's, that you're called to a certain area, that's fine. But you're still called to reconcile people back to God. Whether you feel like it's in Africa, if you feel like it's in the U.S., if you feel like it's in India, it doesn't matter where you feel called to. You're called to reconcile people to God. But you can't wait for a missionary, a missions trip to do it. You can't wait until, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going on a missions trip in the summer, so that's when I'm going to reconcile people to God. That, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. That, that's what I'm going to do it. That's, that's good, right? In the summer? I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do between now and then. But the summer, I'm going to reconcile some people to God. They are going to get so reconciled. <laughs> they're not even going to know what hit them. But then there's how many people that they walk past every day. How many of their friends that they haven't challenged? How many of their Christian friends who are lukewarm? I love you. If, you, if you're my friend, there are going to be times that you hate me. I'm not always good at um, doing things in grace. I'll be the first one to tell you. I have uh, a little bit of um, <laughs> a hot temper. I apologize. It's, it's a lot better than what it used to be. God has really moved in my life, I promise you. But I, I'm, it's, it's, if I love you, there's like this... this like need to like fight for you even if you don't know how to fight for yourself and it doesn't always come across as love and I apologize for that but it's just if you are my friend and you tell me you're a Christian but you are sleeping with your boyfriend I am going to let you know if you tell me your friend and you my friend and and you tell me that you're a Christian but you're okay with getting drunk I'm going to talk to you about it because I care about your eternal soul like, it's, it's not just about saying I'm a Christian one time and then living the way you want to live. It, it's not like that. And if we are living a life that is not Christ-like, how can we be a light to the world who, doesn't, who lives that exact same life just without the title of Christian? If your life mimics those of those in the world, I would kind of question what path are you following? 
There's nothing the world has to offer that God doesn't give better of. There's nothing the world has to offer that God doesn't get better of. The other way to become a catalyst is you need to know that you are called to, be, to evangelize. You are. Every single person in this building is called to evangelize. You might not be given the, the seat of, a, of an evangelist, there's a difference, but we are all called to evangelize. And what that means, the seat of evangelists, I want to read with you um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. So you might not be an evangelist. But you're still called to evangelize. If I have the seat of an evangelist, if I'm given the seat of an evangelist, my job is to help pass grace to you for evangelism, to pass on authority for evangelism. It's not just, it's not just someone who has a title in front of their name that says pastor or missionary or deacon or elder. Like Anybody who has air in their lungs and knows who the truth of Jesus Christ is, is called to evangelize. We need to get outside of our lives, guys. We need to get outside of our own world. Can you remember where you were before God? Can you remember? I remember where I was before I really knew God. I always knew of God. I was raised in a Christian home. But the moment... The moment God became so real to me, I was so moved on my knees. And I'm like, God, I had no idea. I had no idea how good he was. Had no idea the darkness that I was actually in that I didn't have to stay in. We live of what we know. If they don't know better, they don't know how to live better. We have the better. We have the best. As many Michelin stars as you can give God, he gets. If he had a restaurant, it was way more than five stars. Best food in the house. Like, come on. Like, anything you want to compare it to, best social media app, God has it. Always responds to your text messages. Always. Right away, too. Right away. Right, Gloria? Gloria knows. If you want God's number, Gloria has it. (laughs) God is the best, right? The best the world has, and they don't even know it. But we can bring that to them. There's There's a lot of room in this church for more people. And when we fill these seats, we will do two services. It's not like there's, there's like, oh, well, you know, there's room for people, so we don't need to minister to anyone because, you know, there's room in the church. Or, oh, well, we filled all the seats, so now we need to stop ministering for people, so, you know, where are they going to sit anyway? Invite someone to church. 
Invite someone to church. It changed your life. Why wouldn't it change theirs? And someone might tell you no. That's okay. The next person might say yes. The next person might say yes. And the moment they're standing next to you in worship and God crashes in on their reality and starts showing them what real reality is, you got to sit there and watch something that you got to be a part of. I'm telling you what, it it brings me to tears every time I see someone encounter God. Whether it's just in worship, even if they're already a Christian, watching God touch his children blesses my life. I mean, it really blesses me. And it's not one of those, well, he's not touching me. Like, I wonder what's going on. Like, sometimes I have to make myself focus on God because I'm, I'm so eager to see what he's doing. If we're only ever focused on what God's doing in our lives, we will miss out on what he wants to do in someone else's. We're going to miss it, guys. You don't have to. You have to get a passion to win people to Christ. It's not going to happen overnight, I promise you. I'm telling you, every day, as God's speaking to me for this message, I'm just like, God, please, make my heart burn more. Make it ache the way your heart aches when you see your children who don't know you. Like, make me so uncomfortable. Please, make me so uncomfortable that I can't walk past someone without letting them know that they're loved, even if all I get is a chance to just smile at them. My, my smile, I have a great smile. You want to know why? You want to know why I have a great smile? Because the Holy Spirit's in my smile. You want to know why you have a great smile? Because the Holy Spirit's in your smile too. It doesn't always have to be words We can literally, like, ooze the presence of God. Who knows that when a kid is sticky, you get sticky. (laughs) Like, when your children are sticky, somehow they didn't even touch you, but you're sticky. My nieces and nephews get into my car, literally nothing in their hands, and they get out. And I'm like, how did it get so dirty? Like... You know, I always tell them, that, uh, I always think of Charlie Brown, you know, the kid who walks around with, like, the dirt pile. Like, yeah, like, the, the, those are my nieces and nephews. I'm like, it's like, literally, they don't do anything except for walk, and it's like my room just got tore up. I, like, I don't understand it. It's, <laughs> but we, we, can, we can literally ooze the goodness of God. There are some people who wouldn't even know you're a Christian because they've never seen you smile. I know, it's a little harsh. I apologize. But it's true. How do you share God with someone when you're not even happy about your life? And if you're not happy about your life, talk to someone about it. Pray with someone about it. Get happy about your life because your life is good because God is good. Once you learn to start celebrating your life, you can help others celebrate theirs. I'm telling you, I love celebrations. I, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even a fan of cake, but I love celebrations. And someone says cake, I get so excited. 
Because it's not about the cake. It's like we get to celebrate something. Like we get to celebrate. (laughs) And it's amazing, right? I'm excited to celebrate the dedication of two children into the family. Yeah. It's amazing. And they are going to be world changers. They are, going to, they are going to be giants in the faith because their parents are raising them to know who God is. Your children, it doesn't matter what it looks like right now, your children are giants in the faith because that's what God says. That's his truth. And if all you ever do is look at the circumstance of what is now and you allow that to affect your truth, you will never walk in the truth of God. You will never walk in the reality of who he says you are. You will never walk in the reality of knowing exactly what his plans are. And that it is for prosperity and for hope. For a better world. For a better you. For a better them. Stop being afraid of the darkness. Please. Please stop being afraid of the darkness. Turn a light on. If you don't know how to turn your light on... Ask God, but you've got to turn it on. Your shadow, your shadow can heal people. The anointing can be so thick in your life. You can walk by someone and your shadow can heal them. And I say that because it's in the Bible. And if it's there, I get to say, okay, I want some of that. And it's not because I want to brag about my, well, my shadow (laughs) heals people. (laughs) It's because, like, it is so awesome. It is so awesome to know that that's how God likes to move. All you have to do is walk by someone, and your shadow can bring life. It's not even a word that you spoke. It was just your mere existence. You were so thick with the presence of God. Just a touch. Just a smile. Eye contact. Holy cannoli, guys. Like, the world does not look at each other anymore. I, I, I was, you know, I was, it was that basic, right? When we were, sh- I was sharing this, I was like, have you ever gone through the drive through and noticed that they don't even make eye contact with you? They're so used to people not looking at them. They're so used to people not looking at them because they're just the person in the window who gives them what they want. I can't tell you how much I catch those kids off guard. It cracks me up. They're like, oh, uh, oh I'm, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Your coffee? <laughs> oh, yeah. All I did is say hi. All I did is say, hey, how's it going? And get, trust me, I know, not everybody is extroverted. I, I literally can talk to anybody. Um, if you don't believe me, ask anyone who's been in public with me. <laughs> I literally can. But it's okay. God will help you with what he's called you to. But if you don't ever say yes to the nudge, you're not going to break out of your shell. And it's so much fun to get out. So much fun. 1 Corinthians nine nineteen through 23. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. The Jews I became like a Jew to win Jews. 
To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like no, one that not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all of this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessing. Paul wasn't afraid of the darkness. He wasn't afraid to meet people where they were at. Now, he did, he, he did not conform to the world. He remained who he was, but he met them where they were at. Now, if you feel like there's places you can't go because of your own, your own, you know, your own hookups, like don't don't go there. But go to the places where you know that you will not be conformed by the world, but you will you will change them. Meet them where they're at. Give them grace for not knowing or understanding. Love them unconditionally. We have to go out, guys. We have to go to the world. The other thing is, don't be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. But also, don't be so earthly-minded that you're no heavenly good. If you're so worried about your life and everything and how it's going to work together that you can't think of one other person, how are you going to minister? How are you going to love someone? If you're standing in the grocery line, not sure if you have enough money for the groceries, put some back. You probably didn't need all of it anyway. But you can't, you can't love the person who's directly in front of you in that moment. And they're not going anywhere. It's their job. They can't leave. If you're sitting there smiling at them, they have to put up with it. <laughs> it makes them so uncomfortable sometimes. Because they're so used to not being seen. Let's start being the eyes of Christ. He, I really believe he looked every single person in the face when he talked to them. Anyone who was directly in front of them, I, this is not something that the Bible says, but just knowing his nature, I truly believe that that was him. Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord is upon you. When you start to shine, people come to you. You attract them. They're attracted to your light, to your joy, to your happiness. They say there's something different. There's something they have. And it's not that you have to pretend like everything's okay. You can be real with them. But then the question is, but how are you so happy with all of this junk in your life? Because I have a God who's bigger than all that junk. I have a God who has promises for prosperity and hope for the future. Every day, 
Every day there's someone that you get to walk in front of and you can be the one who changes their life for eternity. Every day. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. I like to make people laugh. (laughs) Every day. You know, recent statistics say that every 12 seconds, somebody dies. In the time that I've stood up here sharing with you, 217 people have passed away. 217 people. I wonder how many of them have an eternal heaven. 219 people. How many have got to know Christ before they died? If you would stand with me, I'd love to pray with you, please. I really want to challenge you today because you guys are amazing people. But what you have inside of you is even more amazing. We need to get out of this church building and bring God to the streets, to our homes, to our jobs, to the people. I really want to challenge you to invite someone to church. It could be a friend that you haven't invited for a long time. It could be a sibling, parent, coworker. Some stranger on the street. I don't, I, don't, I don't care who it is. Let them know that there is a God who is so in love with them that he died on a cross. That there's a God who's so desperate to be in their presence. He loves us. We are always seeking after his presence, but he loves our presence. He loves it when it's just Mary and God. And he says, baby girl, I love you. I love it when you come here and spend time with me. I love it when you lean up into my chest and let me talk words into your ears that speak life. God loves us. And he loves everyone else too. And we've got to let them know. And if you're here today and you don't know God, I want to tell you, he loves you. And if you feel like you want to get to know this God and you want to give your life to him today, but you're like, I don't know, I, I, like, I like drinking, it's fun, I promise you, God has something much better than drinking. And if you're like, yeah, but the drugs that I take, they really give me this high, let me tell you what. You get a Holy Spirit high, you never go back. The presence of God in your life is better than any of those things that you use now to cope and to not feel or to feel like you're feeling when you're really not. And he loves you beyond measure. And if you want to know him today, just agree in your heart And just tell him, God, I'm a a sinner, and I know it. And I don't really even know what that means, but I know that I I, I want you. And And I give my life to you, and I receive what you did on the cross.
And if that's you today, we're going to have a ministry team up here and, and come share with them. Let them pray with you. Let them help you know what the next steps are. Don't do it alone. It is hard to go back into your life alone when you've received God. Don't do it alone. You have a whole church family who's ready to become part of your life if you want us to. And for everyone else here, I pray that you just, you got this passion in you today. And if it, even if it was a small spark, I'm okay with that. Because a small spark can start some really big fires. So God, I pray for every single person here. I pray for everyone here, Lord, that you just, you pull, pull, pull on their desire for the lost, God. Pull it, God, to heaven in such a way that it's never going to come back. That it just, it rests in that place of always wanting more for someone else. Lord, just burn in us, God, today, the desire for the lost and broken. Lord, that we are able to look outside of ourselves for the sake of others, God. Lord, bless them today. Anoint them. Holy Spirit, fall and rest on them today for the sake of others, God. See, Holy Spirit lives in you for you, but he rests on you for others. Holy Spirit, just fall on them today. Fall on them today. Fill them for themselves, but fall on them in such great measure, Lord, that their shadows heal the sick. Lord, that they're, they're, they're pulled into a deeper relationship with you for the sake of others and not just themselves. See, because as we get closer to him, we learn what his love is. The more you have a relationship with God, the more time you spend with him, the more you realize how important everybody else is. God, bless us today. Challenge us, God. Just one, one challenge for each person here, Lord, that you know is to the measure of their faith so that their faith can grow. Lord, give us the power to say yes to your challenge. We bless you, God. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in a reconciling ministry. And we say yes to you. Yes to your desires, God. Yes to your passion. Yes to your love, God. Yes to all that you have for everyone that we encounter. And Lord, we say that we are going to start stepping out for the sake of others. We thank you, Lord, that you love every single person in this room. And I bless them, God, beyond measure. We love you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. If you need ministry, if you want prayer, come on up. The prayer team will be up here. If you're not, please just take your conversation to the atrium for the sake of those receiving ministry. There's cake, coffee. God bless you.